Welcome back. Good to have you the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Final hour of the program on this Tuesday, and the heat is on. Not as bad as it was over the weekend. A little bit of a breeze today. I guess we're going to get some storms that are going to rumble through the area coming up uh, later on tonight. So uh, be prepared. But uh, it's going to cool down later this week and then feel a little more fall-like over the weekend. Not that I'm looking forward to it, but it will be football weather, no doubt. Uh, The Packers getting ready for the Bears uh, beginning tomorrow. Packers heading back out to the practice field. And uh, then on Sunday, you officially let the Jordan Love era begin. Who has more pressure on them, the uh, Packers or the Bears? You've got uh, NFL kicking off on Thursday night between the Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. Lions hoping to kind of prove that they're for real, that all the hype coming into the season – for them is justified. Uh, obviously, you talk about pressure. Uh, some of the teams in this, in the NFL that have a ton of pressure, uh, I think number one is uh, probably the Jets. Number two is probably Dallas, uh, to say the very least, because of those two teams. I don't. Somebody had said to me earlier, "Wow, you know, Kansas City." I, now, Kansas City's been playing winning football, and they've got a couple of Super Bowls under Andy Reid and such. The, the pressure right now on them is pretty much off. Uh, maybe San Francisco. Uh, to get back and to be a little bit better because they were so close until Brock Purdy went down. They really didn't have a quarterback to uh, to kind of guide them. Uh, so maybe you could say, uh, you know, Philadelphia to get back to a, a championship, uh, maybe even Cincinnati uh, to, to better what Joe Burrow has started there in that sense. But uh, and then, obviously, when you look at pressure, you look at a guy like Jordan Love, you look at Justin Fields, Justin Herbert needs to take the next step. You know, Kyler Murray has done basically nothing. Uh, even when he claimed he was great and earned that contract, he didn't really earn that contract because he had never put a full season together. Tua's got pressure to stay healthy this year. I mean, you can go through the laundry list of things that uh, when you talk about pressure and who has it coming into this upcoming season. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the Badgers and the Badgers getting a win over the weekend and uh, doing it in, at least via the first half in kind of ugly fashion, but 38-17 overall. And now they've got some things on tape to look at. I guess the surprises, uh, if you say, you know, Ohio State didn't dominate the way everybody thought they would, 23-3, they only knocked off Indiana. Then you look at the game last night that took place, and, uh, you know, you got Clemson getting beat by Duke, 28-7, to uh, 45-24, the Florida State, you know. But the Florida State's ranked eighth in the country anyway coming into this thing. They knocked off Brian Kelly and LSU uh, as well. So you got a lot of... A lot of stuff to kind of chew on Colorado beating TCU. And, you know, you look at Colorado, it, it, you talk about coaches in college football that kind of own it right now. You might say that Deion Sanders, Coach Prime as they call him, might be right now because of so many people talking about him. He might be the hottest commodity in college football right now. Caleb Williams obviously got off to a fast start with USC, and now he's garnered himself a Wendy's commercial, so he's he's getting paid big time. But you might say that Coach Prime is the hottest commodity in college football right now just because of everybody talking about him. He's everywhere. I, I saw him everywhere uh, yesterday and on Sunday. But uh, Deion Sanders might be the most – you know, compelling figure, hottest commodity in college football right now. He, I don't think he's, t- you know, he certainly hasn't overtaken, you know, like, say, Nick Saban. 
Nick Saban's got the championships. He's got the longevity. Could Everybody's really quick to declare the dynasties are dead. You know, Clemson, dead. A- Alabama, dead. Ohio State, dead. You know, everybody wants to get get on that bandwagon to put the knives in everybody. Uh, but th- they're still powerhouses for a reason uh, because they've been that good. Now, the one thing that was impressive, now it's Portland State. But Oregon, did you see what Oregon did to Portland State over the weekend, Grant? Yeah, that's that's just that shouldn't be on TV. That that's eighty that's unbelievable. to seven. <laughs> yeah. Eighty one to seven. That's like if I'm Portland State, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's Portland State, but I'm pissed. You know, I mean, there is zero. When you're talking about getting into the BCS and into the Final Four and such, there's zero compassion at this point. 81-7. to seven. That's just crazy. They made their money. They they earned their payday. They, yes, they went they to play the Ducks, but they earned the money that they got from that game. Yeah. Washington, number 10 in the country, got a 56-19 win over Boise State. Penn State, number 7 in the country, not a bad start against West Virginia. 38-15 there, and uh, we mentioned Alabama. They took on Middle Tennessee, kind of a no-contest yawn, or 56-7. But uh, Michigan, they did away with East Carolina without their head coach. I mean, what a difference that made. Oof. You know, and Georgia continues their dominance. But they, you know, but they played UT, University of Tennessee, Martin. University of Tennessee, Martin, 48-7. So, Nothing big there, nothing really to see here other than maybe a couple of the upsets, but uh, Clemson going down to Duke, 28-7, oof. I see a, a lot of people on Twitter and on College Football Reddit <laughs> taking a lot of pleasure in Brian Kelly losing and yes. uh, Dabo Sweeney losing. I think people yeah. are a little tired of Dabo's shtick. Maybe they've been tired for a long time, and maybe I'm just I, I'm not living and breathing college football enough to have seen it, but I, I think people are getting a little little annoyed with Dabo. I think a lot of people liked what they saw last night. Those two guys are Jags, and people cannot wait for the downfall of both of them. So we'll see. But obviously, time will tell. But they, they've just their their shtick. This this I'm I'm this condescension. It's it's one thing to say, look, we got beat up. This is something that's unacceptable. Blah blah blah. But the way they go about it, you know, and and the way they you kind of schluff blame and point fingers and do it condescendingly, people just, it, again, like you said, they're just tired of the shtick. Just, it's time to, it, it's, you, you're going to take a lot of pleasure in watching the downfall of both of those coaches at some point. Well, I, and so. maybe it's apples and oranges, and maybe this is an unfair comparison just after one game, but I, I thought it was interesting, Bill, that Deion Sanders goes to Colorado, basically only uses the transfer portal, embraces modern college football, and wins week one. Really exciting program, mm-hmm. right? And then you look at Clemson, and Dabo won't embrace the transfer portal and says, well, well, we'll build this program through NIL, you know, God's name, image, and likeness. And he's getting ran by Duke in week one. So right. I just thought the comparison between Prime and Dabo and what happened to them in week one and the way they're running their programs, I, I just thought that's an interesting comparison. I completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, you look at what the even, you know, Luke Fickle's done here. We talk about it all the time. He doesn't want to build a team through the portal, but you had to supplement through the portal. And Neon, you know, Deion Sanders, he basically blew everybody out of Colorado. I mean, you know, there was questions about whether people would even play for him yeah. until you get to the charismatic side when he says, if you don't want to be here, you don't want to play, and you're not going to work hard, I don't need you. Get the hell out. I'll go out with 11 guys. I don't care. 
And then all of a sudden, other guys started coming in. And you're right. He's, he's used the transfer portal probably as well as anybody and goes out and, and gets his opening win. So against TCU, in TCU, by the way, Florida State beat LSU at Florida State. Duke won at home over Clemson. But Coach Prime went on the road into a hostile environment for the opener for TCU and won there, which gives him, if you want to talk about street credibility, he did a little bit better because he was in their home and kind of whooped up on them at home. And it was a shootout. It wasn't like a it, it wasn't like a seventeen, you know, to ten, any kind of a you know, a back and forth uh, scrum, so to speak, when it came to playing football and playing this, you know, hard nosed defense. Now, that was a shootout that they ended up winning. So Kudos to them. Uh, you know, it's good to see them kind of, you know, turn it. But, uh, but 81 to 7, Oregon, but over Portland. Holy crap. That's a, that's a mess. But 45-42, Colorado beat TCU and TCU. So big stuff going on over the weekend. Packers getting ready for the Bears this coming weekend as well. You've got to the Brewers back at it tonight trying to snap the two-game losing streak. And hopefully, much like Chuck said a little while ago, when you got Woodruff, you got Peralta, both of those guys going to be going to the hill in this series Freddie Peralta, I think Freddie Peralta throwing tonight. Man, you want to get back under the wind train, get a little bit more distance between you and the Cubs, and you'd like to be four or five games as the, as the season winds down. That way you really don't have much to play for by the time uh, the Cubs come a-calling that last series of the season at American Family Field. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout. Jason said, what's your thoughts on the Badgers uh, quarterback? Is he indeed an upgrade? Um. Time will tell. Because remember when Graham Mertz played his first game as a Badger? It was wowing. And we all went, holy crap, this is the reason he was considered the number one prospect in the country. And after that, it never materialized. So with Tanner Mordecai, I'm just like, let's just wait and see. Because I jumped on the Graham Mertz bandwagon the minute he stepped on the field and started throwing touchdowns and hitting open receivers and it was just all of a sudden that the Badgers had a pass game, and we're like, wow, this is incredible. What a start. And then the next game was like, okay, that, that was okay. Well, you know, we remember that first start. That first game was amazing, so we'll, we'll go with that. And then, and then the third game, and then the eighth game, and then before you know it, you're like, what the hell? And it seemed to like a, a, just a steady regression. So not, not going to judge yet. It wasn't a great start. One touchdown, two interceptions, you know, had some receivers with some drops. You could have had much bigger numbers, you know. Eh, we'll wait and see. Again, I said sometimes you're not going to be able to look at the statistics. You're going to have to go by the eyeball test. And I think the eyeball test was did a lot of good things. There was some mistakes via the receivers. Obviously, he had a couple mistakes, but it, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But I'm not going to make any judgments off of just one game. I don't think you can, you know. I don't think you can. 877-867-1670. If you want to call in, feel free. Uh, give us a shout there. Uh, got an email here. This was from uh, Lavu. Lavu. L-A-V-O-O. Lavu says, uh, hey, Bill, great day today. The Cubs are closing in on the Brewers. As a Cubs fan, I believe the Cubs, when you said they were dead earlier this year, are about to overtake your Brewers. Then, as he says, are you going to suck it? Lavu, no, I'm not. Uh, I still think the Brewers are going to win the division. I feel like uh, the Brewers have that ability. I th- let's be honest. I think the Brewers are a better team. They have a better pitching staff, although the Cubs have played extremely well. The big thing for the Cubs, they have hit the hell out of the baseball down the stretch here. That's what they've done, and they've done it extremely well. So as far as that goes, I think they're a good team. 
but I think overall the Brewers are a better team because pitching usually wins. Um, the unfortunate thing has been that many starts by Corbin Burns have been wasted, as we just went through a little while ago. But I still think the Brewers can win the division and probably are going to win the division. Now, if you look at the percentages, the Brewers are more likely to not only win the division but also to go to the postseason than the Cubs. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take that right now and uh, say I'm not uh, sucking anything. So there you have it. <laughs> but Lavu, a longtime Cubs fan. Uh, Lavua, you listen to the program. Do you listen just to cheer against the things I say? That's fine. I don't mind that. I'm just kind of wanting to find out. Um, Brave Jay. Brave Jay says, uh, are the Braves the best team in the National League by far? And are they the best team in the champion uh, or to, the favorite to win the championship uh, this season? If you look at the numbers, the Braves have been a powerhouse since day one. I think the Orioles are pretty solid. The Twins are nothing, and the Seattle Mariners are kind of lucky to be where they are right now. I still think the Houston Astros have a better overall team. Um, but if you look at a team that's really going to compare against Atlanta, it's probably going to be the Dodgers, and I think they're far better than the Dodgers. Braves all the way. I do like what the Brewers have done. It's a shame that Craig Council has not made up his mind yet. I think that's beginning to affect the team. Uh, this Brewers franchise has been fun to watch as a also, and also as a Brewers fan. Uh, but I still think the Braves are going to be the team to be coming out of the National League. I, first of all, I, I agree with the majority of what you said. I, when, you, when you look at Houston, I, Seattle has been – Houston's been a team that was supposed to win the division or battle. Texas was right there, and then Texas relinquished, and then Seattle came on, and Seattle went on that long – you know, that win streak and started – what, they win like 10 out of 13 or 12 out of 15 or something like that. And they were winning, playing winning baseball, and everybody else was kind of at 500 or a little bit better, and Seattle crept up on them. I agree with you about Minnesota and the Central. Uh, unless somebody gets lucky and hot, not going to happen. But don't forget, we have seen over the last, I don't know, decade, wild card teams have gotten hot at the right time, and they've been able to do something. So, uh, yes, Houston's played extremely well. Yes, the Dodgers have played extremely well. They're kind of the teams that have been there. But I, you know what, I, when it comes to baseball, you're as good as your next day starter. And we've seen teams that have just gotten hot, for lack of a better term, and been able to win. But Baltimore has been an impressive team because they've fended, I mean, they're what, I think it's two, or, two and a half or three and a half games ahead of uh, Tampa Bay right now. And I did not see this coming out of Baltimore. I knew they were supposed to be better. But I thought the Yankees are 18 games back. 18 games back. I, I didn't see this coming at all. That American League East is just that 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 blows my mind. I knew Tampa Bay would be good. We kind of figured Toronto was going to be a little bit better. You kind of waited to see what Boston was going to do after the dismal season they had last year. And I thought the Yankees were going to win the division, but Baltimore didn't see that coming. So when you talk about the Atlanta Braves, yes, I believe I believe Atlanta is the best team by far this season. I think they got it all. They got power. They got speed. They got pitching. And they're hitting as far as batting, total team batting average, total team OPS, the ability to take walks and still power the ball out of the ballpark. Hitters with running and scoring position, hitting with running runners in scoring position has been solid. One of the best teams in baseball, no doubt. But I don't just hand it to them. I still think you got to go through the postseason and earn it. And I still think that if the Brewers are in there with the pitching staff they have, you just need to get hot a little bit and get a little bit of luck. 
and I still think the Brewers can do some damage. I'm not saying they're winning at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying you don't count anybody out once you get to the postseason. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Go to Kemp's.com. Click on the word careers at the bottom of the page. They are hiring. They're hiring for the holiday season. We're going to get a nog season. I hate to say it, but we are. So uh, they're looking for people for the production lines. They're hiring CDL drivers. They're, they're giving you a, uh, a sign-on bonus as well. Looking for good people. Go to Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. that he makes it's just a lot of that stuff done. it's just incredible incredible bacon wrap fillets and such uh, they have the stuffed bacon wrap jalapeno poppers and uh, just so many good things down there go to robert specialty meets waukesha.com and uh yours it, maybe you're gonna do a home tailgate it's supposed to be like 75 degrees on sunday 75 and sunny and you're not going to the game so and it's a at late afternoon game so tailgate at home bring the friends over tailgate Ask what everybody wants. Go down there, grab it. You're good to go. That's Robert's Specialty Meets Waukesha.com. Robert's Specialty Meets Waukesha.com. Good stuff. Uh, 877-867-167. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's get to our buddy Gerard uh, listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Bill. How you doing? Great um, today. Good. I, I was uh, thinking about college football when you started talking about it. And when Notre Dame opened up with Navy in Dublin, Ireland, um, they they uh, Ireland made a hundred and fifty nine mil off of that game alone. That's what Notre Dame brought. Is there any other team in college football, pro football, any other sport that could have brought that much money to a country? They interviewed Montana at halftime. And he was even saying, you know, either you love Notre Dame, I'm a Notre Dame fan, either you love Notre Dame or you hate Notre Dame. And, you know, Montana didn't pay a dime for his family. Right. right. But, uh, you know, that's incredible when you really think about it, how much money they can bring, you know, into certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're probably not a Notre Dame fan, Bill, but uh, uh, I uh, want to talk about love in the Packer defense. I ru- listen sure. to Rob Reichel, and I agree with him a lot. Um, look, everybody's going to be looking at love this weekend. Everybody is. And I, I mean, he's going to be every, you know, all these TV networks, everything is going to be looking at him. And what I'm going to be looking at is not only him, I'm going to be looking at the Packer defense, see how aggressive they play. Now, if they, uh, that's, you know, the safeties are one thing, 
But the safeties won't matter if the quarterback's on his back, okay? Right. Or if they start making fields run around, all right? Then he, then he won't be able to get to his guys. I assume that they're going to use Walker as the spy. I assume they're going to do that. Right. So, you know, in other words, they, you know, they're going to play the box them in. Are they going to play that? What are they going to do? That's going to be interesting. But I don't care about that. I want, you know, you, once in a while he's going to get a 20-yard run. Once in a while he might even get more than that. But the whole thing is, as long as they keep him running around, the whole bit turning around, that's the main thing. Pressure on the quarterback means more than anything. Means more. I mean, I go back to, to Fran Talkington running around like a madman. You know, and he would make some good passes, but at least, you know, you had him on the run. And that's the main right. thing. So, you know. I, and you know, we'll know, here's the thing, though. Do you think that uh, when you look at, you know, because I agree with you, you're probably going to have Quay Walker as a spy, but I don't know if I'd start out that way. I'd wait and see if he's if, if, if this offense is different, if they're going to try to keep him in the pocket. I don't want to give up a guy until I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Totally, I agree. But, you see, that, that you don't know. You see, this is what bothers me with the Packers sometimes. They react more than play aggressively. So, And we spoke about this last year. In other words, playing off a guy six, seven, eight yards when it's third down and three and all this other dumb stuff that they were doing. So that's what I'm really worried about. I, you know, we always say, remember in football, read and react, okay? But they just mm-hmm. react to what the other team's doing and they know they're not aggressive enough to, to 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 put the other team on their back, and that's what I want to see. I want to see something like that. I want to see a, a, a lot of aggressiveness. And and I don't know if people know this, but Barry is not going to be on the field this year. He's going to be up in the booth, right? Okay, so he's going to be looking at it that way. And he says he really likes it. It's a lot better than being on the field. Okay, fine, well and good. But we're going to have to see. And like I said, the rotation's going to matter because, look, they have four legit guys that are going to be able to rush the passer. And I'm not talking about the inside guy. I'm talking about the outside guys. So they got four. They got a big rotation. Remember when Z Smith and, and Gary was there and, and the other Smith, the Smith brothers and a whole bit? They mm-hmm. would rotate Gary and Z all the time, right? So now... This is what they do. They're able to keep these guys fresh. Then bring your mate. They, then, if you remember, they used to move Gary inside on passing. You know, when they were in uh, uh, like third and long, they moved Gary inside and put Z on the outside or Z inside or whatever. You know, they do it like that. So now they have a right. big opportunity to do that, Bill. You know, and, I, mm-hmm. and this is what we got to say. I want to see aggressiveness. I don't want to see that laid back. You know, Ben, don't break garbage. I mean, I have seen that enough, you know, through the years. <laughs> right. so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. So, all right, know, bud. That, you know, all right. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate it. Thanks always, Gerard. Talk to you soon. Gerard listening to us in Delaware. I'm sure he's uh, anticipating the Monday night game, watching the, uh, watching the New York Jets get off on the Buffalo Bills in that area. But he's a, p- a huge Packer fan and looking forward to the game coming up. This weekend, 877-867-1670. You want to expound upon that? Please go ahead and do so. This is from uh, this is from Cassie. Cassie says, uh, hey, Bill, first of all, I want to say great ride on Sunday. We had a wonderful time. Hope you're feeling better. I did hear some incidents uh, occurred with you. Not quite sure what were true and what weren't, uh, but want to make sure your health is good. Yes, it is. It, it, all it was is I just got a little dehydrated. That was it. So I don't, I don't know what the rumors were, but 
I'm good. So uh, going down to the game in Chicago this coming Sunday, where are you going to be again? We'd like to know because we'd like to come over and say hello. The Shy Bar. We're going to be at the Shy Bar at the Sheridan Hotel, the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk, doing the postgame show. Going to be there, be there for the Packers game. Packers and Bears opening up the season at Soldier Field in the afternoon this coming Sunday. And then afterwards, right here on many of these same stations, we're going to be in the Shy Bar in downtown Chicago, right on the Riverwalk, right next to the river. And we're going to have a terrific time. Packers fans, come on over and enjoy it for a little bit. On your way out of town, you can come by and say hi. Uh, shouldn't be too bad of traffic in the evening on a Sunday. So come over and say hello to us and hang out with us a little while. Again, over at the Shy Bar inside the Sheridan Grand River Walk. And hopefully we're talking about a Packers victory. And for those of you listening to the program right now, because you're going to want to, you're going to, want to listen to our postgame coverage all season long and our huddles and such, even if you're not carrying them, if the affiliate in your market is not carrying it, whether it's the postgame show or the huddles, uh, you want to download the app, WOZN, The Zone Madison, The Zone Madison. And also you want to find us over on YouTube and watch the program, uh, simply YouTube.com slash The Bill Michaels Show, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, The Bill Michaels Show, and you're good to go right there. A lot more of The Bill Michaels Show. Still a couple of segments yet to go on this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll be back coming up right after this. Ready? This is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. from Jack when we were talking Brewers baseball before he said uh, the Corbin Burns story is one that we are not uh, he said the Corbin Burns story is the one that we are not unfamiliar to Ben Sheets used to go through the same thing he would pitch a bunch of gems and not get any run support he'd have one game in which he could give up five or six runs and the Brewers would all of a sudden storm back with eight or nine it's always baffling to see one pitcher every year go through the ups and downs maybe it's just the matchups of lefty righty uh, but this team just seemed to. Just, but this team just seemed they can't, seems as if they cannot score when Corbin Burns is on the hill. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't have. I mean, you look at his record. He was three and zero going back to April. Okay, he was one and three in May, uh, in which he gave up five runs, no runs, three runs, and five runs, and then one run. He took a no decision after going seven innings, giving up only one run against San Francisco. He took a loss when he gave up five runs against Houston. He uh, took a loss. He went uh, six strong and only three runs against St. Louis. Took a loss there. Um, so in two of the games that he lost, really three of the games, because he only gave up two earned runs in the game against San Francisco. So he goes six innings, two runs, lost. Six innings, three runs, lost. Five innings, five runs, lost. And seven innings, one run, no decision. <laughs> so, then you go into June, and June's kind of the same thing. He went one and one in June, but 
He gave up three runs, no runs, three runs. The the game in which he went eight innings giving up nothing, uh, they ended up winning that game. Uh, they beat Baltimore. But three runs, he did have a game in which he gave up seven against Arizona, took a loss there. And then he bounced back five and two-thirds, giving up four runs, no decision there. July, kind of the same thing, gave up uh, two runs, two runs, no runs, no runs, two runs, two runs. He went four and one in that month. The game that he took a loss, he went six innings, gave up two runs, and lost the game there, too. I mean, the guys pitched stellar baseball. Stellar baseball. And just, man, just can't seem to can't seem to get the, the run support behind him. Otherwise, his record might be drastically different. But I agree with you. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, do it. 877-867-1670. Evan says, uh, hey, Bill, love watching the program over on YouTube. We will be at Soldier Field as well on Sunday. Uh, how long do you go? Well, we go until 8 o'clock coming up on Sunday night. Uh, if we swing by, is there parking available? Uh, Evan, uh, around the hotel, yes. I just don't know what it costs. Uh, he also says, I think that it's going to be a big day for Aaron Jones. Nobody talks about the run game, but I think between him and A.J. Dillon, they're going to have great numbers. Well, after the whole rumor about Jonathan Taylor, the confirmation, semi, if you will, being Brian Gutekunst, and knowing what the Packers were willing to give up to get him, I would think that uh, there has been somewhat of a fire lit. I don't know if I'm going to say it's going to be big numbers coming out of those two. But if I had to pick what the total would be, total numbers coming out of the uh, out of the backfield on Sunday, I would say Aaron Jones gets 20 carries, 112 yards, probably three catches, another, you know, 27 yards out of the backfield. A.J. Dillon, seven carries, eight carries, something like that for, I don't know, 37 yards. So when you're talking about the total run game, maybe 100 and, 135, 140 yards in total yardage on the ground and probably another 50 to 60 through the air for the for the backs coming out of the backfield. I just, there's going to be quite a few checkdowns, and I think they're going to try to run the football quite a bit to take some of the pressure off of Jordan Love. Unless, of course, the game changes in one way, shape, or form. I mean, if the game changes and the Packers come out and score in the first three drives, suddenly they're up 21 to nothing, then maybe you do begin to run the ball more. Uh, albeit, I would I would love to see uh, if, say, Jordan Love does have success. I'd love to see them continue the success. Just keep doing what got you there. Don't. Don't take your foot off the gas. Just let them go. And, uh, man, it would be, you know, in the best-case scenario, it would be great to get an opening blowout and get that kind of confidence. But uh, but also, if the game becomes a blowout, uh, you're going to see those elevated numbers and you're going to see the passing game become more prevalent, trying to keep up, so it could take the run game and make it irrelevant as well. So, I, you know, again, I, I that was just my guess as to where things may be by the time it's all said and done, but I don't uh, – I don't I don't I don't see the run game being irrelevant because I think there's a fire that's been lit and I think you know very quietly both uh, AJ Dillon and maybe to a certain extent Aaron Jones are both going okay we we got to make a name for, for ourselves we're not playing for just the team we're playing for for uh, the contract food for and thought bill about yeah, the running game and AJ Dillon 
Matt LaFleur, right, we all think he's we're going to see his offense this year, and that mm-hmm. means probably a lot more of, of the quarterback Jordan Love being under center. Wouldn't that benefit A.J. Dillon a lot? Like, I, I don't know if we're talking yep. enough about the potential benefits that A.J. Dillon could see in, in a different version of the offense this year. Yep, uh, 100%. If we see more under center, you get more downhill running, and it's huge. And, and I think that's be- very be- more beneficial to A.J. Dillon than it is uh, than it is to uh, than it is to Aaron Jones. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Aaron Jones is is just as good downhill. But you got to get you, it, for AJ Dillon to kind of get that lathered up. That north south, he's got to be hard. And and that stutter step in the backfield uh, with in the shotgun the majority of the time, it's not a not a fun thing to watch. I don't think it's that great. But I agree with you. The more you the more you put Jordan Love under center, I think the better it's going to be. One hundred percent agree. Uh, 877-867-1670, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Kane and Kane Jewelers. As they say, they want to rock your world. They're in West Bend, and we all know that eventually, at some point here, uh, we're going to turn the page. And it's going to start to get cooler, and the leaves are going to fall, and then people start thinking about uh, the possibility of engagements and presents and gifts and stuff and such. And stuff that I don't even want to think about yet, but maybe you do. And if you're going to think about it, you got to go see our, our friends over there in West Bend, Wisconsin. Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. As they say, they want to rock your world. And uh, Andy Kane and his staff are great people. So check them out again. Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That is KaneJewelry.com. Coming up next, some good stuff. we got a big old list of what do we miss. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ah, I don't know whether to be joyous or sad. The passing of Jimmy Buffett. Kind of, uh, and then you had, uh, you know, yesterday the uh, the death of the lead singer of uh, Smash Mouth. Not only uh, did Jimmy Buffett pass, but uh, Smash Mouth singer uh, passing away, uh, Steve Harwell. Yeah, you ever see I Smash Mouth think, in concert? Uh, never did. Uh, you know what? I no, I never did. I thought I, I might have for a second, but I didn't. No, I saw him in Rice Lake. Years, years ago. Yeah, like 2016, 2017. I've never been okay. to another show in Rice Lake, but we drove up there with Smash Mouth and Blind Melon. Me and a couple buddies were in Menominee. That's where we were living that at the time. That a good show. It was a show. It happened. It was, yeah, it, they, the, the music was played and we, we listened. At one point, the lead singer of Smash Mouth ran off during a song and just sprinted into his trailer and then sprinted back out probably 60 seconds later. I don't know what he was doing. I always kind of thought he maybe had to take a dump. I, who knows? I don't know. But I'll never forget that about it. That's my Smash Mouth memory. That's my story. I know he had some health issues. He had cardiomyopathy and a couple other things, and he had some liver issues. But I don't know if it was from just hereditary or addictions or, or what. I don't know. Uh, I didn't read a lot about Steve Harwell. I do know. Have we ever heard, anybody ever heard what Buffett specifically died of? Uh, I saw a couple of things. It was, I, I think, the one that I saw most frequently was some form of skin cancer, melanoma, and and yeah, and, and a weakened really? immune system. I think is the okay. the combination of things that I saw yesterday. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I didn't. I because I didn't know. Uh, they just said that he died peacefully, and 
Yeah. Had friends and family and his dogs specifically around him. He was a huge dog lover. and But I didn't ever hear um, as to what the specifics were of Jimmy Buffett. So uh, there you go. Um, so let's do this uh, as we get back into it before we get out of here today. Well, Grand Bills, what do we miss? Well, I've been bookmarking things, saving things for the last 24 hours, Bill. We had a lot <laughs> of things that we missed. And that's, you know, that's no shame on today's show because we had three awesome guests and we covered a lot of ground. But, you know, you can't cover everything. I saved a quote from a quarterback of the New York Jets. So let's start there. Jets quarterback DJ Reader, or DJ Reed, excuse me, Reader plays for the Bengals, believes his team's defense can be as dominant as the legendary 85 Bears. That's what he said yeah, this last weekend. That was all over. Uh, this morning as I woke up, uh, whether it was a four-letter network or because uh, I was reading a little bit about it there and then I was watching Good Morning Football, uh, I that you know what? There's already a ton of pressure on this team. And now you're talking about being as dominant as the 85 Bears. I very quietly smiled when I saw that because I thought, one, it's great to have that kind of confidence, but two, you are heaping even more pressure on you uh, outwardly, uh, rather than just from in your own locker room, I I think we're going to take a lot of pleasure and sit back with our arms folded and smile as we watch the New York Jets go down. I really do. I, I just I think that they have set themselves up for. I still think they're going to win games, uh, but I think they've also set themselves up for a colossal letdown. Not failure in the sense of you know only winning five games, but I'm just talking about. I, I think they're going to be a wild card. I don't think they win the division. And I think they get bounced maybe in the first or second round of the postseason. And it will then be considered a failure because of all the the hype coming into this season. I just I don't see them being as good as they think they will be. Well, you? well, no, the th- my follow up to you, Bill, and you just answered the question that I was going to ask. If the Jets make it to the divisional round and they lose in a close, hard fought game against Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, do you think that's a failure for their season? Would you consider that a failure? Me personally, no, because I don't expect them to be better than that. Exactly, but I but, but I feel but for like where they're set up to be. Yes, for for all the hype. Yeah, uh, hell yes, hell yes. And to being in New York, to because New Yorkers have been sold this bill of goods of yeah. this team's going to the Super Bowl. You know, remember Rogers' first words were, you know, that I saw that Super Bowl trophy from Super Bowl, you know, whatever it was. Yep, uh, one, two, three, whatever, because it wasn't one. But uh, to say, you know, it looks lonely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so in other words, we're going to put another one next to it. You already have laid down the groundwork to for for anything but a Super Bowl is failure. It's Super Bowl or bust in New York. So yeah, I think uh, they're up. They're they're set up for a colossal uh, letdown. I'll say rather than a failure. Well, Bill, the strategy in sales is to always underpromise and overdeliver. And, over-deliver. and I feel like the Jets. The, the Jets could have an awesome season, their best season in, in over a decade, and make the division round or the conference championship. And if they come up short of the Super Bowl, I think because of some of the things that they've said, a lot of fans or, or folks would consider it a failure. So I, I, I don't know. I'll watch my own bobber as a Packer fan. I just thought that quote was interesting, and it would mm-hmm. make a, an interesting point of discussion. Uh, let's talk about what Jaquan Brisker said in his press conference yesterday. This is on Twitter. I found the clip from Bears Nation. Let me play it for you. It's 20 seconds. You know, I'm waiting. You know, I'm itching. You know, it's a, it's Packers week, so um, I know it's going to be live in the stadium. You know, fans everywhere. You know, it's going to be loud. You know, people hate Green Bay. I hate Green Bay. So, um, it's, I, know I can't wait. You know, they didn't get to see me last year. They're going to get to see me this year. Though. Little bulletin board material, Bill. What do you think of sure. that? Sure. I hate Green Bay, and I, my, my thought is we'll bring it. Yeah. Bring it. 
Let's just let, let's let's see what you got. And uh, that is guy a guy now walking around with a uh, with a target on his back because some not that anybody's going to do anything illegal, but uh, Jaquan Brickler, uh, Brisker is the uh, the strong safety. He's going to be picked on now. Whether or not he brings it, we'll wait and see. But it's like it's put up or shut up time. This is the reason when we talk about pressure. Uh, yeah, Jordan Love has pressure, but you know, as he said. You know, they hate Green Bay. I hate Green Bay. I mean, it's like they are there. There is so much into the I'm coming after you and we're going to beat the Green Bay Packers and it's time and this and that. If they lose, it's the oh, what the hell just happened? We were supposed to win this game. You know, we were supposed you know, Aaron Rodgers is not here anymore. We're supposed to win now. If if the Packers win this game, that's why I think. As much as I thought early on that there's a ton of pressure when the schedule came out, I, I thought, oh, boy, that's a lot of pressure on Jordan Love because that's the team that Aaron Rodgers owned. That's the team that Brett Favre owned. you got to start off on the right foot, and you got to win this game, and this could set the tone for the rest of your season. Now I kind of think, eh, maybe a little bit of a pass, but for the most part, the Bears have all the pressure, and the Bears and their fans have all the pressure on them because they just hate the Packers, and they just feel like it's their time. And if they lose this game, now you're throwing your hands in the air going, what the hell? What do we yeah. got to do to finally beat the Packers? And yeah. I think that's where they're at. Uh, by the way, if Illinois and Chicago people hate Green Bay, hate Wisconsin so much, I drove from Eau Claire back to Madison on 94 yesterday. Traffic sucked, and it was it was mostly Illinois plates. So I don't yep. I don't know that they hate the state so much, Bill. I was down in uh, Lake Geneva yesterday, and if uh, there was not one person, not one person uh, that was down in the area that I was that was from Wisconsin, right? Not one. They were all from Illinois, yep. right? Big time. Uh, one last thing, Packers thing quick, and maybe this will come up uh, at some point this week when we check in with Mike Clemens. But Matt Schneidman tweeting Rashawn Gary entering the fifth season of his rookie deal hasn't been extended yet. Asked his agent, Ian Clark, if Gary is willing to negotiate in season. This is the quote. I love this. Our plan is to operate professionally and remain open to reasonable contract offers in every phase of his career. I love that. That's it. That's all you need to say. contract offer. Let's do this. No, I, I love it. Because it's it's like, look, can we negotiate in this season? Yeah. If if it's all good and good faith and everybody's on the same page, hell yeah, why not, right? I'd do that. I mean, that's all they're expecting. And hopefully, as the season goes on, the Packers are able to get something done. And what the Packers are waiting for is, has this knee injury affected his quickness and his speed? Do we see him coming back? Do we see him being what he was before he went down? Because the progress that he made from the day he was a rookie to where he was before the injury has been huge. So... Yeah, I mean, if he's good and we believe he's got the quickness back and the strength back and he's all ready to go, it's time to talk contract because we want to lock him up a little bit longer. Damn straight. I can see that. You bet. I, I, I like that. That's minimizing drama. We don't need to make this any harder than it needs right. to be. Uh, also, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice today. We're unsure about his status for Thursday night. So just something to watch as we get closer to the NFL season beginning <sighs> Thursday. You know why he did, don't you? Because you drafted him in fantasy in the first round? Son of a booger, yeah. yes. Yeah, that avoided. He Bill. was my first-round guy. And now everybody, because I took chances, because what I did was on my roster, I took a lot of talent that was there, but that is either on the pup list or coming into the season a little bit nicked up, figuring they're going to get better as the season goes on, and then I'm going to be loaded at the end of the season. Now I'm, like, screwed. Because if he goes down, I, 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 my, I got to start going to the waiver wire, I guess. Well, yell at Son charge, yell at charge tomorrow or Thursday, whenever I, we talk to oh, charge, I'm take it out to. on him. I, I got to get a, <laughs> I got to get a, a lineup set before Thursday afternoon too. So I'm going to do that. All right, that'll do it. Good stuff today. Back at it again tomorrow. We got a full week for you too, but we're already the hump day tomorrow. We're going to be live in Wausau. 
And uh, then the rest of the week, we're on the road. But uh, thanks to everybody for chiming in today. Thanks to everybody for listening. We always appreciate it. Find it again over at Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Good to go. Tom.